Romans chapter 8. I'm unworthy to preach on this. This is such a Apostle Paul, wow. And you know, if Apostle Paul was here, he, he would not be glorying in himself. He'd call himself the worst chief of sinners. He calls himself the worst there is. He's not going to be saying how great. We say the greatest Christian ever lived, Apostle Paul. We say, woo, Apostle Paul, he would not say that. He'd say the Lord, oh, the Lord Jesus, the God of the Apostle Paul, is great. Boy, oh boy, the book of Romans. Wow. It's a treatise on the gospel of God. You want to know about the gospel? You want to know why the world has gotten the place it is? Read the book of Romans. It goes through it. And it ends on a crescendo. Uh, in this section here in chapter 8, it ends his discussion, doctrinal discussion, with a crescendo, like a musical, like a very complicated musical piece. He picks up from chapter 9, 10, 11, picks up, what about Israel? Somebody came to me a day and said their pastor was trying to tell them that Israel and the church are the same. That's Reformed theology. That's not so. It's just not so. You, you, don't, you don't learn Reformed theology or Calvinism by reading the Bible. You learn that by reading books about the Bible. And you get led astray by those books. But in Romans 9, 10, 11, Paul very clearly separates Israel from the church. He said Israel will be saved in a day, in a day coming up. Israel that we see over there now is in unbelief. Those folks are in unbelief for the most part. But he's brought them back, preparing them for the tribulation period. Because what the 70th week of Daniel is all about is, is an unfinished business of God with Israel. He had 70 weeks of Daniel. 69 of those weeks have been all fulfilled. He's left one week, one seven-year period of time. The word week means seven, seven years. Of unfinished business. He's going to pick up the unfinished business with Israel. He came into his own. His own received him not. But they're not, and they, and they at the cross, you remember at the cross, they said something that, that sent chills up and down my spine. They said, let his blood be upon us and our children. You want to know why there's anti-Semitism in the world today? Part of it is that also Israel was the one that birthed the Christ. Jesus was a Jew. How can you hate Jews? It was through the, Israel, through the nation of, of the Jewish people that the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God came. Without him, we're shot. We Gentiles, we were out there worshiping the sun, the moon, the stars, and the four-footed beasts. While Israel was worshiping the one true God, which he, their mission was, by the way, to spread the news throughout the world. And, and by the way, through them, it has spread, really, it came down through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, through the tribes, eventually through the Christ, the Messiah being born through them. And through the Messiah, the Gentiles got included in on salvation. Aren't you happy about that tonight? Well, this is, uh, I'm going to do my best shot on this tonight, as poor as it may be. 
you just about can't hurt this passage. Have you ever been depressed? And of course the answer is most people, yes. Some people less. I rarely ever get depressed. I've had one time I was on prednisone for a couple years for gout, and I thought I got tired of it, and doctors love this. I got tired of it, and I just decided I was going to quit, cold turkey. Oh, I don't recommend that. I got adrenal shock, they call it. I went into a massive chemical depression. I never been so low. I called up Tom Farrell. I called up Tom Farrell, and I just don't do this. I called up Tom Farrell, and I said, Tom, I'm shot, man. I can't go any further. I can't keep preaching. I'm done. He said, you just need to praise God and thank him for what's going on. And I said, okay, I'll do the best I can. He helped me the best he could. It went on for two more days. I finally went to the doctor. I said, I, I don't know what's wrong. Something's deep wrong. He says, go back on prednisone. You'll be fine. First time I took the prednisone, I was back to my normal self. He said, you got to go off of it slow. Now, that's free medical advice tonight. Doc's here to verify it. He's here to verify my Google doctorate in medicine. Shaking his head. Have you ever been depressed, dejected, desolate, despondent, dispirited, gloom, heavy-hearted, saddened, sorry, dismal, doleful, dreary, dull, gloomy, mournful, oppressed, deplorable? Well, I have been deplorable. I voted Republican. Ever been dire and disastrous and tragic and wretched? Ever been down? What is depression? Woody Allen, which I don't recommend his stuff, but he had a definition of depression I thought was unusual. He said, more than any other time in history, mankind faces a crossroads. One path leads to despair and utter hopelessness. The other path leads to total extinction. Let us pray we make the wise decision on which path to take. Was that too fast for you? We not, that is not true, of course. Reminds me of a woman. I read a story of a woman, and she was sickly anyways. She had just been deserted by her husband. He left her with five preschool children, a mangy old dog broken down second floor flat, and many bills. One morning she awoke, and her prize hound had eaten the only good pair of shoes she ever had had. Her youngest baby had cried all night long with a colic. She tried preparing breakfast for the kids, and the dog decided at that time to play tug-of-war with the tablecloth and pull all the food off on the floor. She heard some commotion outside her window. She went to the old window. Remember, they pull them windows up. She stuck her head out, and the guy downstairs said, Garbage, man! She said, Okay, bring it up. Depression. I believe everybody fights with this enemy one way or another. Great men have been depressed. There was a young lawyer who descended into the valley of despond. If things were going so poorly for him that his friends thought maybe they'd better take all his knives away from him and all his razor blades away from him because of possible attempted suicide they were concerned about. In his memoirs, he wrote, and I quote, I am now the most miserable man living. Whether I shall ever be better, I cannot tell. I fear I shall not. 
the young lawyer who unleashed these desperate feelings of utter hopelessness was Abraham Lincoln. Don't believe your feelings. The Prince of Preachers, which is C.A. Spurgeon among preachers, among fundamental Bible-believing preachers, we'd call C.A. Spurgeon the Prince of Preachers. He was 23 when he was called to a church in London. By 30, he was addressing crowds of 5,000. Now, we're talking before electricity. We're talking before they had real good sound system. I've been to Metropolitan on the corner of Elephant, and I can't remember the other road it's on in London. I've been there. The, the building burnt down. It was all made of wood, and, of course, when they used oil, uh, they used uh, whale oil a lot of times for light. Somebody would knock inevitably knock one of them over and burn the whole place down made of wood, and it burned down. They've rebuilt it in some fashion, like what it was. I sat there and just, in the service I went to on a Sunday night, I just sat there and thought about it, what God had done through this one man, C.H. Spurgeon. He became a pastor there, and here's what he says. Before any great achievement in my life, some measure of depression is, is very usual. Such was my experience when I first became a pastor in London. My success appalled me. And the thought of the career which seemed to be opening up so far as from elating me cast me into the lowest depths of which I utterly was miserable. I found no room for Gloria Excelsius. Who was I that should continue to lead so great a multitude? I would slip away if I had my, if he had his way, I'd slip away to my small, small village of obscurity and prefer to immigrate to America and find some solitary nest in the backwoods. It was just then that the curtain was rising on my greatest life's work. I dreaded what it might reveal to me. I hope I was not faithless. But I was timorous and filled with a sense of my own unfitness. This depression sweeps over me whenever the Lord is preparing a larger blessing for my life and ministry. Remember I told you when you have the most resistance to come to church, that's the service you don't want to miss. Get it. We're going to have revival services as we go on. We're going to have... We're going to have uh, missions conferences, and we're going to have Sundays, and, and we're going to have services that, that the Holy Spirit wants you to be at. And when you feel the most resistance, I mean, you know, the dog bites the cat, and the cat scratches you, you get cat scratch fever, or the, and the water heater breaks. My brother Moon one time, I'm, I'm going to tell on brother Moon right now. Brother Moon's wife, man, I'm telling you what. She loaded the two kids into her car, was in the garage, forgot to raise the garage door, backed into the garage door, got so excited, put it in drive, went forward, hit the water heater, the washer, and the dryer. (laughs) Took them all out. Destroyed the water heater, the washer, and the dryer, and the back door, and entered her car front and back. (laughs) You think you're having a bad day?
God uses a severe teacher to help us. It's called suffering and disappointment. One of his favorite teachers and methods is trouble, which it brings us to God. But we all go through this. It's common to mankind, some sort of a despondency and feelings of we're symbiotic creatures, cyclical creatures, bodily at least. So how do you combat how do you combat this demon of depression? Well, here's what it is. Got your Bible, Romans 8, 31, 39. Seven questions. In my, in my bulletin, I put five questions. It shows you how imperfect I am. What should we say then to these things? Question one. Question two, if God be for us, who can be against us? Question three, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Question four, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. You're not trying to put them up there as fast as I'm saying them, are you? No, don't do it. Don't do it. Question five, who is he that condemneth? Verse 34, it is Christ that died, rather than is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, also making an intercession for us. Things may be going real bad for you tonight, but Christ is at the right hand of God making intercession for you. You get in trouble, you want to hire a lawyer. You don't have a better advocate than Jesus. He's our advocate, our lawyer. When the devil comes up there and accuses us night and day, the old devil's accusing you. I give him material, man. Jesus is there as my advocate. Glory to God. Question number six, verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Question number seven, shall tribulation, distress, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? That's really a question mark there. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We're counted sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. In Latin, it's Nicodia Christa, more than a conqueror. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, the word there is creation, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Makes me want to sing. Makes me want to sing. I'm trying not to drive you out of here. But I want to sing. I want to sing a lot of stuff. Don't you love being saved tonight? Aren't you glad you're not hopeless tonight? The old devil comes by and wants you to kill yourself because he wants you to stop God's work in your life. The only person that can hurt you is you. So let's, let's just go back and review quickly these questions. I'll do them as quickly as possible. What shall we say then to these things? Verses 1 through 30 are these things. What are these things he's talking about? What should we say to these things? That's verses 1 through 30. Just discuss them. I'm going to give you a quick, condensed, brief a listing of what those things are that he was talking about. What should we say to these things? Well, 
There is therefore no condemnation of them are in Christ Jesus. Woo! And we are made free from the law of sin. Woo! That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Woo! That the, we that be spiritually minded is life and peace. Woo! That Christ is in us. That through the Spirit we can mortify the deeds of the body. Uh, we, that we are children of God and heirs of God. That if we suffer with Him, we'll be glorified together with Him. That the whole world will be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Is there some good news here? That our bodies will be redeemed through adoption. And my body's given out on me, man. It's just letting me down. That the Spirit helps our infirmities and prays for us. Oh, glory to God. My mama quit. My mama died and went to heaven, and I thought, well, maybe she's not praying for me anymore. But then I got thinking, why can't she pray? She's in heaven. She ought to be able to pray. She knows she's got a kid, she, more than one child. She knows there's, I'm here. She knows I'm not there. And why wouldn't, you, why wouldn't those on the other side pray for us? Why not? But I know the Holy Spirit prays for me. That's good news. I know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. I know that we've been foreknown, predestinated, called, and justified, and as good as already glorified. I'm getting happier. What shall we say to these things? Come on. Why do we serve God? There's lots of reasons to serve God. Things are looking up. But when you're depressed, you're so low, you can't see any of this. That's why you got to go back to the Bible. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. you got to go back to the Bible. you got to say, feelings, I ignore you. Feelings, I condemn you. Feelings, you're lying to me. You say to me there's no hope. You say to me it's not worth going on. You say to me it'd be better if I was dead. That's all a lie because the Bible doesn't say that. God doesn't say that. If you're down, get back up. It's easy to say. Easy to say, not so easy to do. So question number two, if God be for us, who can be against us? Well, I could just stop and park on that one. Well, the devil's against me. And you, the world, and all the lust in the world, lust of flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, that's against me. My old nature is against me. You know, the old man, I'm talking about the old man, the second, the the evil nature in me, hasn't gotten one bit better since I got saved. Don't you fool yourself to believe in somehow because you get older, you're going to get, your old man's going to get better. Actually, to be honest, be honest with you, the old man, I think, gets worse. He gets more educated. You've heard a dirty old man? You're of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, First John 4, 4. Can your boss overcome you? Can your wife overcome you? Can your enemies overcome you? Can a bad husband, bad marriage overcome you? Can liberal, wicked, pro-abortion, pro-homosexual, pro-transvestite or government overcome you? No. 
If God be for us, who can overcome us? Nobody. If you choose, you can stay defeated, stay full of self-pity, stay down and out, stay rebellious, stay willful, stay ignorant, stay indifferent, or you can claim the promises of God and say, I'm not going to stay that way. Question number three, who shall lay anything to charge of God's elect? That's verse 33. I mentioned that a little bit already. If God declares us righteous by grace through faith, not of works as any man should boast, who am I to say otherwise? As a born-again believer, you've been placed in the beloved. You are a member of the body of Christ. He is your head. The trouble is neither you or the devil will let you forgive yourself. But Jesus forgave me. He forgave me. And sometimes the devil comes by and he wants you to reminisce about those failures you have, a whole list of failures you had in life. He likes to run them over on you at night, especially he'll run, run them over on you. And you, by the grace of God, if you got to get up beside the bed like I do sometimes and get down beside the bed and say, in the name of Jesus and by his shed blood, that is not me. I'm a child of the living God. I've been redeemed. My sins have been placed far as the east is from the west. He's cast them behind his back to be remembered no more. That's Bible, not opinion. You will fail. I'll fail. But God commanded his love toward us that while we were sinners, Christ, he knew who you were before he died on the cross for you. He knew, Jesus Christ knew what he was getting into. Who is he that condemneth? Well, it is Christ that died rather than risen again, even the right hand of God making our ascension for you. He's not going to condemn you. Who shall bring anything to charge of God's elect? Well, the Bible says it's God that justifieth. He's not going to condemn you. So if God the Father is not going to condemn you, and the Lord Jesus Christ is not going to condemn you, quit condemning yourself. I don't mean... I don't mean go around and be self-righteous. God forbid on that. I'm not talking about going around and saying, Ooh, but I'm talking about the joy of the Lord is your strength. I preach a sermon called uh, Don't Let Anybody Take Your Joy. I got really, you know, you're, you're driving around, right, with the traffic the way it is. How cheap you are. You let them take your joy by cutting you off. I, I Carlos Perez got in an accident. A guy ran a sign. Was he from out of state, Carlos? Local guy. So now he's carless. The devil comes by and he says, Bill, 
you're unworthy. And I say, amen. Bill, you're no good. I say, amen, I'm no good. In me lies no good thing. Except when I got born from above, the Holy Spirit came in and birthed me from above and made me literally part of God's family. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Question number six. Then it really answers it with another question. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. Why is that in there? Because if you died under yourself, a dead man doesn't feel anything. A dead man doesn't react. If you're dead in Christ, you you died on the cross with the Lord Jesus Christ positionally. You identify with that death on the cross with him. The old man and everything about you died on that old rugged cross. Uh, We are killed all the day long. We're sheep to the slaughter. No matter what the devil does to you and God permits the devil to do to you or the world to do to you or the flesh to do to you, you are dead in Christ. The trouble is we got resurrections. We come back to life and do our own will. We may be right with God for a while and doing and then dead to the dead to ourselves and dead to the flesh and, and uh, we'll get tempted and we'll, we'll resurrect and get our flesh will come alive again and we'll start doing things according to flesh, not the spirit. Don't do it. Don't do it. He says, for I'm persuaded. Well, I like in verse 37, nay, and all these things were more than conquerors him that loved us. I don't feel like a conqueror. A lot of times I get up, I don't feel like a conqueror. I feel like a victim. I feel like a flop. But the key word is feel. Feel. Spirit doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. The feelings say that. You got to go to the Word of God. Why is it important for these men to memorize the Word of God? It's the very essence of their salvation. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Got to have it. He says, for I'm persuaded, <laughs> neither death nor life. Think about what Paul's thinking. He's trying to write this to us again. And the Holy Spirit's giving him this, and he's writing in his style, of course. He says, I'm persuaded, neither death nor life, nor angels. Angels are big. Principalities, that's the, that's the powers of the spiritual world, nor powers of any kind, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creation or creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Woo! If you can't get happy with that, you won't get happy. And I remember when I, taught, when I called the brother Tom Farrell, and we hung up, I wasn't any better. Because my body that I live in was depressed, clinically depressed, chemically depressed, whatever it was. And that wasn't going away. But my spirit was not going to let my body dominate it. 
<clears throat> I started praising God. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thy diseases. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and glory. Boy, crowneth thee with something. I'm not sure that's the right, the right on that one. Who crowneth thee with... I'm having a Jim Knott moment. <laughs> Loving kindness and tender mercy. Who filleth thy mouth with good things so that my strength is renewed as the eagles. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. And then go to some other verses and begin to quote them and say it again. Every mo- I try every morning to quote that passage I just quoted. I do a little bit better than I did here. You don't have to be depressed and stay there. You will get depressed, but you don't have to stay there. Elijah got depressed. David got depressed. I t- mentioned to you, very men, the various, like C.H. Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, he got depressed. He struggled with it. Right in the pinnacle of his world. I hope you go to Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Through 39. Father, help us tonight. May we simply take the Bible and believe it, even if we don't feel like it. May we be dead indeed unto ourselves, alive unto God. Let's be dead to sin. How you that are dead to sin live any longer in it? Father, we pray that you'd encourage your people tonight. And wherever this goes, you encourage your folks with it. There's somebody here without Christ tonight. We always, always remember there could be people here without Jesus. If you don't know what it means to be saved, if you don't know what it means to be born from above, if you don't know and have assurance that your sin's been forgiven by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are here for you. You have come to the right place. Some folks will be glad to explain the gospel. Ladies are for ladies, men with men. They'll be in the back hallway there. Marilyn Rose will be back there. Uh, Chris will be back there. Thomas will be back there. Some folks will be back in the back there. Jenny, possibly. Tom Crichton. Grab a hold of one of them and say, I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. I'd like to talk to you about my soul. You see Dr. Bud Calvary, grab him. You see Tom Gillespie, grab him. Jamie Gillespie, grab her. So many more of these folks who can help you and pray with you. God help us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.